Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss. And today we have an amazing guest with us, Patty Hoyt. In late 2019, Patty Hoyt started helping business owners as a life coach. She focuses on mindset and uncovering what is holding them back from achieving greater success and are going after their dreams. She believes we are all capable of achieving more, but sometimes there can be things inside of us that block us and keep us from going after that one thing that we truly desire. Through her Empowered to Pursue program, she helps people see, be, and feel the light inside of them so that they can pursue their dreams and goals. Welcome, Patty. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here with you ladies. Yay. Yay. We're so thrilled to have you here with us, Patty. Thank you. And I'm really looking forward to our conversation. And usually I get the chance to ask our very easiest question, (laughs) which is what part of your body has been the easiest for you to love? The easiest for me to love. Does the hair count as the body? Yes, I love my hair. (laughs) I love, I love, you can see it. You see it's curly. I love my curl hairs. Um, Yeah, my hair and my feet, actually. I love that. Actually, my hair is one of my very favorite uh, body parts, too, or something I had always loved. And it was actually part of why it was so difficult to lose my hair. I I hold and... um, I have like a spiritual kind of connection to my hair where like when I cut it, when I make a change with it, it feels like, like embodying a myself in a different way almost. So um, yeah, like I cut my hair when I left banking to become a chef. I cut my hair when I left, um, when I left New, I think New York to come to Hawaii. Um, it, It just always felt like a, like a thing that helped me kind of let go of the past in a way. And it was part of why it was so sad to to lose my hair due to stress. Mm. So it's like a, a mark, a rebirth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember uh, in LA, Los Angeles, where I used to live, there was a phase of all those uh, Japanese you call, I don't even know how to call it. You straighten your hair like super straight, like Japanese. And I was like, no, I'm not doing this with my hair. But every single one of my girlfriends did. And I, I just couldn't hold myself to doing that. Like, I like my curls. And if I want to straighten, I just flat iron, you know, to change a little bit. But my curls are back and I love them. Oh. It took me, uh, yeah, I had my hair up to my waist at some point, and it took me a lot of courage to to cut it too short. So, yeah. What made you make that decision? I wanted a change. Yes, I wanted a, a, a big change. Uh, I think I was in the middle of a re- rebirthing myself, <laughs> um, if I think back. Um, and it was fantastic once I did it. It was like, it was freedom. It was liberating when I did it. And, but I hesitated for so long to do it. Um, but I, when I did it, it felt great. 
That's beautiful. And I love your curly hair. And I have to say for myself that I had like stick straight hair my most of my life. And there was one day where I had a friend come over and she had beautiful curly hair like yours. And I was talking with her and hanging out with her. And I said, you know, I've always wanted curly hair, you know, and I had an appointment to cut my hair the next day. And I, and I said, I hope that when he cuts my hair tomorrow, that it just comes out curly. Cause I knew that I was going to have seven or eight inches cut off. And that's exactly what happened. I went and I got my hair cut and it went from being totally straight to being very curly now. And that's just in my mind, the power of manifestation and the power of uh, putting out into the universe what I desired in my world. And I know that you really resonate with that, Patty. Yes, I was going to say, uh, you just manifested your curly hair, girl. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yay, the manifester. I love that. Because who knew how many people cut their hair and it doesn't change, right? But yours, you did it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I think that a lot of people, they go and get haircut and I have certainly done this, gone to get my haircut and not had any thought about what it would look like after or what I would want it to look like after or what my desire or preference would be. Um, I was just going for a haircut. So it brings into thought for me a lot of what Diana talks about in, in her um, in her coaching world, which is, you know, putting the power behind manifestation. And I know that you teach on that as well, Patty, in your coaching, um, really putting into mind what is desired, what is really wanted in life and in business. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Amen to that, girl. <laughs> I love that. I love that we all have interesting stories about our hair. It's such a um, it's such a fascinating thing to to see how. Because I know that there was also a point, for example, where Arliss, you had your pixie cut, right? So there, it can be so much of somebody in terms of how we identify and how we like really feel very soulful. I mean, there are even cultures where they don't, they don't cut their hair at all. And I think that that is, um, yeah, there's something, there's something special about our hair. For sure. I agree. And one of the things that Patty, you mentioned was having hair down long to your waist. Most people don't realize that there's huge community out there of um, women, especially that grow their hair long and supporting each other and growing their hair long and learning how to do that. And so I love that you brought that up um, because that's definitely something that I think most people have no idea exists. That is so true. Yeah, because it's not it's not an easy thing, especially if your hair is curly to let it grow that way. There's a lot of treatments and things that you have to do with your hair to keep growing healthy. Right. To to grow that long. Yeah, totally agree. And having like um, a community that can help each other. That is awesome. It also empowers each other when you're in that community. Right. That's really beautiful. Well, that takes us to our next question, which might be a little harder to answer. Um, and our question is, what is the body part that has been the most challenging to love? Mm. 
Okay, that is actually an easy one because it's my belly, my stomach. Um, yeah, there's a second part, but the belly is like the main one that it ruled a lot of things in, uh, in my life and what I did in the past. I want to hear more about that. <laughs> I was like, are, are you going to share Sophia? Yes, I am open to share. I had this, and I don't know where it came from, but when I was a teenager, I value having a flat belly. I used to choose my boyfriends based on how their bellies were. If they were four packs, six packs, and that's the type of guy that I would date. It was like, that's a number one primary thing, like, okay, check on the list, you know, that's the one right there. Um, and I went to, I remember being as very young, as soon as we were um, legally allowed to go to the gym, because I'm from Brazil, and at some point they don't allow you to go to the gym if you're too young, right? But as soon as I was allowed to go to the gym, I lived in that, in that gym because I wanted my body to, to have that, to have no belly. I want a flat belly. And to the point that sometimes I would spend like three hours at the gym every day. You know, two hours is the norm. And then sometimes I would go three hours because I wanted to have that, that body. And that actually changed. I don't know how many other questions you have, um, but that really changed my life when I started having chronic pain. And I couldn't go to the gym anymore because I couldn't exercise anymore. And that derailed a whole different can of worms after that. So it was um, very challenging for me to now accept my body or what it was without having to go to the gym. So I needed to accept two things. One is my body was going to be in my head. Wow, now I'm going to be this gigantic person. If I cannot go to the gym, I'm going to just blow up and be huge. There was a lot of judgment and expectation that that's what was going to happen to it, with me. And my judgment was like, and that is a bad thing. If I blew up and be gigantic person, you know, I, I would be very sad. I would be very, it would really affect my my emotion, my mind, and I couldn't go to the gym. <laughs> I couldn't exercise. And I remember feeling very, and, and the reason why I had a, a chronic pains was because some fears and phobias that show up in my life and that affected my, and my physical pain, that how it, it transformed was my, in my pain. Um, and I remember really be, okay, what can I do? I got to the point I said, what can I do? I cannot go to exercise and maintain uh, this body, right? What can I do? Well, the only thing I can control is what I eat and how I eat. So I thought, okay, let's hold on to this. And I deleted everything that was white sugar, white bread, white rice, you know, everything and started 
uh, eating healthier, which before I didn't even eat a salad. I hated salad. <laughs> I relied really on my exercise to burn calories and I didn't care about food. And out of the sun, it's completely the opposite. Now I have to focus on what I put in my body internally, what I eat. Um, and then in the middle of that, I moved to Los Angeles, still suffering with those chronic pain. And Los Angeles is, you know, talk about the capital of appearance, right? <laughs> that really, I felt a lot because I already had the judgment inside of me about me and my body. And if you see me, I'm petite. You know, I'm not a big girl. I'm petite. My structure, my bone structure is petite. But when I got to LA, I was seen as a fat person. Me, this petite person, was seen as a fat person in LA. And that really affected me mentally even more. And all my friends, they would go to the gym. They have nice bodies. It's Los Angeles, you know. You are really judged by what is outside of you before you even pay attention to what is inside of somebody, right? It's what you wear, how you look, what you drive, where you live, and all of those judgments. And I couldn't go to the gym like my girlfriends were going to. And... And in my chronic pains, I got to the point that I had, I hid from everybody that I suffer with chronic pain. And because I, I didn't know that, oh, I'm not going to the gym like you girls because I have chronic pain. No, I, I created the facade outside of me. And even my very close friends didn't know that I suffer with that. But it was so bad that it was hard sometimes to walk around the block. I couldn't walk around my own block, right? But one thing that I loved was going dancing. I love, love dancing. So when we all go out to dance, I had to know how far are we going to park from the nightclub because I needed to know if I was going to be able to walk. And therefore, I needed to choose a shoes that I would be comfortable enough to walk from the parking lot to the nightclub. The second thing that I always ask, is there going to be chairs there that we can sit? Because I knew I was going to dance, but my body was going to hurt and I needed to rest, right? Nobody knew why I would ask those questions. And then when I selected the shoes that I was appropriate for the activity that I was going to go out, then I would pick my, select my outfit to match that shoe. Because the shoe was the priority because I needed to walk. <laughs> I needed to dance. Um, and then the challenge was, how can I still dress myself fashionable <laughs> in Los Angeles um, and have this shoe that is comfortable? It's not those beautiful high heels that all of them were, right? And then they were proud of it and they pride themselves to do that. So for me, it was a very hard time uh, when I was leaving LA I was face to face with with this in my body and now I don't 
only have a judgment of myself inside, but I have an outside as well, right on my face. I was faced with that on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and I hear, you know, that, that, uh, that concept of like having chronic pain and hiding it from everybody, trying to operate as normally as humanly possible, asking strange questions, um, and basically almost in a way like, like letting the pain lead our lives instead of us living life. Um, and yeah, yeah. and my, my pain, my chronic pain was, I was, it was my identity. That was really my identity for over 20 years. My pain was, my pain was me. My limitation was me. I was that girl that was sick and had some limitations. That was me. You know, I, I, it took me a long time to separate that I was a person and those limitations and pain was separately from me. <laughs> it took me a long time for that. I also hear that it, it becomes easy for us to associate feelings of, you know, chronic pain, feelings of pain with a specific area of our body and with changes in a specific area of our body, even if that's not where we're feeling the pain. So, you know, you had said that the area of your body that's the most challenging to love is your belly. Um, and you associate it with all of these changes that happened in, in your body that, you know, resulted in feeling chronic pain. Um, and I'm sure that you didn't just feel chronic pain in your belly, or maybe you didn't even feel chronic pain in your belly. Um, but there's that association there. And it's so easy for us to make associations with changes in our body um, with with things that happen later. And what I hear you talking about is how, as you moved through reaching a place where you um, were able to process out of experiencing chronic pain, you were be able to experience more acceptance of your belly as well. Yes, definitely. Definitely. It's one, when I started my healing journey, uh, one of the things, because I went to the doctors to figure out, right? I spent thousands of dollars, years, I'm going to the doctors to figure out what I had in my body. But it was all over. Like, I exactly like you said, it wasn't in my belly, actually. <laughs> it was everywhere, <laughs> except my belly. And so I would go to specialists to figure out what is in my shoulder, what is in my hip, what is in my, my knees, what is in my foot, you know, uh, separately. It wasn't in my belly, but when I started going through this healing journey, one of the things that I, I was, it, it came to me is that I needed to talk to my pain, that I needed, first needed to meditate. I was like, I can sit with my pain and meditate because if I sit there, I'm going to feel the pain. So. No, I'm not doing that, right? And then as, uh, and actually the first time that I did this was with Eckhart Tolle and Oprah got one of his book and it was the book, 
book club. And we had, we read the chapter, we went and meet up with them and we had to ask questions. And one of the things he wanted us to sit with meditation. And one lady asked, but I have arthritis. Everything hurts. I don't want to be there. And I related to that. I was like, yes, that's me. I don't want to sit. I'm in my, I, I, my pain. I don't want to feel this. And then he, I remember um, today he's saying, do you feel pain in your nail? Is there a nail in your body that you don't feel pain? I was like, yes, I don't feel pain. So sit and pay attention to that. And I was able to start this mini meditations. And eventually it became to sit actually with the pain and start accepting the pain. Because for so many years, I rejected that pain. I wanted to avoid the pain. I want to, I resisted that, right? But when I started learning to actually be with the pain and be compassionate about the pain, I started being compassionate about my body. And I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing. But I, I started feeling and sitting and talking to my pain and trying to see why is this was hurting and what, what is the pain, the body, the parts of my body needed and what does it mean? What do I need? So I start going into my pain and going inwards. And that's when the healing really started. I started to accept myself. I started to be compassionate and loving towards myself. Because until then, I, I hated that my, my body betrayed me, right? My body betrayed me. And one of the things that I, I want to talk about is, um, I know this is um, an audio. And a lot of people are not seeing me, but when I moved from LA to Hawaii, something different happened. I was still with my pain, my chronic pain, but people here in Hawaii, they would look at me and they still judge me. But the way they judged me was she's petite and lean. Therefore, she's fit. She's healthy. She's like, you know. And I would think like, I'm not fit, I'm not healthy. My body is very weak inside of me. But they're looking at my outside and thinking that I'm skinny. Therefore, I'm fit. I exercise. I go to the gym. I eat healthy. And I was like, this is so not true. So yeah, I got the judgment on the other side. Like, wow, now I cannot even embrace that. Yes. My body outside, again, is being judged by my body outside. And nobody would pay attention to what is inside and see me inside and what was going on inside of me. You know, I went from like one end to the spectrum to another one. <laughs> judging me as a fat person and judging me as a skinny person. Oh, she's so skinny. You know, she's, a, she's fit. She go to the gym. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm not, you know. I love that because it it's a real demonstration. Sometimes we think that the external needs to change and it's like literally you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, if what you're doing is looking for the validation from outside is what I'm hearing. And for you, the journey inside, uh, part of what I pulled out from what you were saying that I really love, Patty, was um, that where it started for you was with looking at just a single nail 
without pain. And learning how to connect to ourselves, even in that very, very small um, way, is what really created that ripple effect that allowed for you to get to a place where you could see the pain and be with the pain uh, and feel it and and see it inside instead of avoiding it. And yes. I, I love that. I think that that's um, for those of you know anyone who's listening. If you if you're going through pain, I think that that is a great uh, suggestion in terms of really trying to connect to that part of you without pain, because it is, you know, if, if we're looking at this from the perspective of manifestation, what you focus on expands and by focusing on, um, on that part of you that feels good, the more good can manifest within your body. I love that. That also brings us to our next question. Uh, Uh We talked a little bit about a self-care practice. And our next question is describe one of your favorite self-love or self-care practices. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Well, yeah, self-love acceptance is um, being very big part of, you know, becoming uh, during this uh, healing process and journey, um, I started to to really look inside of myself and talk to my body and feeling that compassion and, and literally talking to them and giving words of affirmation to my own body and empowering my own body. I know it may sound weird and crazy, <laughs> but the more I spoke out loud, about my body and and giving words of affirmation to that, the more I started to accept and feel. So sometimes I would just um, just hug, just put my hands around myself and just hug and say, I'm I'm here. I hear you, I see you. And we're gonna go through this together, you know, and and I accept, accept just to start. I started using clothes that before I didn't. I didn't dare to use because it would show my belly. <laughs> I actually started uh, dating my current husband, and uh, he had a belly. <laughs> my first boyfriend <laughs> with a belly. And when I 21 years ago, 20 years ago, when I sent a picture to my family in Brazil, my oldest brother said, First thing that he said was, but he has a belly. I was like, yes, he does have a belly, but I really like this guy. And guess what? I ended up marrying him. And it it was just fantastic. He was also part of uh, a learning. It's like, here, I am with this guy who is not, doesn't like Jim at all. He actually really disliked Jim. And through the way he is, he's also teaching me, right? And and I had to look inside of him. What is that I'm falling in love with this guy who is not a gym bum that doesn't have the body that I always expected and look at the qualities inside of him as a him. And then I start looking qualities inside of myself too. Mm-hmm. 
That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I love that you said that you just wrap your arms around yourself and give yourself a big hug. I think that that is such simple and powerful um, self-love and self-care. It's something that we can all do um, and really give ourselves that feeling. And, you know, maybe even those that, you know, have maybe don't have full arms or don't have full rotation in their arms, you can still visualize your arms or your body being wrapped up in love and wrapping ourselves up in love for ourselves is one of the most powerful things that we can ever do because our brains are wired for, for that kind of love and attention for us to really, you know, achieve our full, a full success in life and in personal life and, and achievement isn't everything and success isn't everything, but, um, but just knowing that our brains are wired to really help us achieve our goals by loving ourselves. And Patty gave us a huge gift in showing us one way that we can love ourselves. Thank you, Patty. You're welcome. Yes. And and you're totally right. If you don't have arms, you can visualize. Visualize, and that is a huge, huge uh, part of what I do um, myself. I have I learned how to do that. Yeah, you know what I'm hearing as a theme throughout what you're sharing, Patty, is this concept of feeding the inside. Whether we're feeding the inside thoughts, feeding the inside food that instead of making decisions for the external, the more that we can make decisions based on the qualitative, what a, what a person's soul is instead of what their, their meat suit looks like, <laughs> the more that yeah. we can really get into um, a deeper sense of fulfillment and joy and um, pleasure in life is what I'm hearing. Yes. I actually talking about pleasure. I, I I used to say out loud that my, my slogan was like enjoy life, right? But this enjoyment life was just saying out loud. And the way I said that, it, it was to go look for more things to be exciting, activities that was exciting to prevent me from going within. I remember so much. I used to, my mom used to call a hurricane. It's like, she's a hurricane. She works all day and then she goes to university at night and she comes home, she's destroyed and, you know, like super tired. And then I think she's going to sleep and out of the sun, a girlfriend call and she's like, boom, okay, I'm out again. Right? She was like, this is my hurricane because that was my way of distracting myself from going inside. Right. So in reality, I didn't really allow myself to have a real pleasure, a deeper pleasure. It was superficial. Yeah. That I love that. Yeah. And, you know, I hear you recognizing that as a pattern, right, of like going back to the superficial, going back to the physical. And I think that's something very natural for all of us as human beings, because we are visual people. And so what we can see sometimes you know, can dominate our thoughts. And it is what I'm hearing you say is it's work to continually get back to center, to get back to, to inside. So what is one tip that you would give to reconnect to your body 
when those old negative patterns arise. Mm. Thank you for saying this, because this old pattern arrived in 2019 for me. I felt it was healed <laughs> from that. And out of the sudden, I started getting sick again. And actually, Arliss, you're talking about that my, my belly didn't feel the pain, the chronic pain in the past. In 2019, it was all about my belly. It was my digestive system. My belly would inflate that if you look at me, I was this, I was four months pregnant. It was this weird thing. And it's so painful. And for many months in 2019, I was, I went to ER four times with major pain. And again, when I realized that I had signs that something was not in alignment with me, but I ignored that. And I kept pushing myself to do a work that I was not happy, to do something that I was not happy. But I pushed myself to the point that my body screamed and said, you need to stop. And I couldn't even drive anymore because I almost fainted in pain when I was driving. My husband said, no, you're not driving anymore. <laughs> you're putting yourself and others in danger. And so my tip is, is to have the moment that you stop every day, have a silence with yourself and really hear what is your heart has to say on the daily basis. And it doesn't need to be long. You don't need to know how to do meditation. You just need to sit in the silence and, and listen to your heart because your heart will tell you what is not in alignment. Because when I'm not in alignment, my body suffers. My body, now immediately, I feel a pain in my body. But now I know when that pain in my body, I don't need to call a doctor anymore. I just need to pay attention. What it is that I'm not listening that I'm doing that is not in alignment with my best uh, purpose, with my, what is best for me? So sit in silence, hear what is not in alignment. That's my, my tip. I love that. And um, in the comments in the Facebook group, uh, we have um, Marianne saying, you know, that is a real love story, belly and all. And Shirley is saying, I think I'll just give myself a loving hug. So definitely Yay! your words are being heard, Patty. And, uh, you know, they really resonate. I think many of us, myself included, can resonate with that story about chronic pain. And um, and I love what you said about uh, really listen, looking, looking at it as the opportunity to listen to ourselves and to tune in to, to ourselves, to our inner knowing to find answers where where are we not listening i love that yes yes where we're not listening because when we are busy go 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 busy sometimes we don't hear what is our inner being our higher self is telling us right so it's a check-in it's a check-in i say i call like a check-in you can do a little pause, one or two minutes pause every day to check in with yourself, to your inner self, with your higher self. Do a tune up. 
I love that. And I love that you're keeping it so accessible for our listeners. And you're saying, hey, just take one or two minutes, you know, take a short amount of time. I think that for a lot of people, it's hard to think about sitting down and meditating for an hour at a time. Um, and and that can feel daunting. That can feel like, how, how could I possibly do that from the start? And what I hear you saying is just take a couple minutes, start there, start with just reconnecting with yourself. And it really can be that simple. And I think our listeners would be surprised how profound it is. Yes. Um, actually, there is a uh, book called The Art of Contemplation by uh, Richard Rudd. He talks about the art of pauses and the pauses is something that we can do even throughout the day in the middle of our work. We can pause for one minute in between tasks and check in, you know, um, and that's, that's what helps me nowadays. <laughs> After 2019, I was like, hey, I left it behind my routines, my uh, self-care, you know, and I, I ignore those uh, inner uh, signs that something was in alignment and i said okay let's go back to the basics and let's go back to just checking in with myself you know and yes uh our life, you're totally right somebody uh can think like how i'm going to spend an hour meditating you know i don't have time for that that's what i hear a lot i don't have time for that i have kids i have work i have a husband i have a house there is no way i have time to sit there and do nothing right <laughs> so it is uh uh, for a lot of people, very scary. You can do with short time if you do consistently. That's huge too. That I don't want people to miss that little mic drop moment you just had consistency. It makes a huge difference. And I know that Diana teaches this with her journal and affirmation cards as well. Um, that consistency is key. And I work with it on in my clients as well. Um, and I love that you're saying to people, just give it, you know, start consistently with a short amount of time. And I'm sure um, that you also advise your clients to put it in their calendar, you know, have some kind of reminder so that they can know uh, when to do it and that they've set that time aside. I see you nodding. Patty. <laughs> I do. I tell them to put an alarm. <laughs> I really tell them to put an alarm uh, on their um, phone because it's not a habit anymore. It's not a habit yet. So, you know, put an alarm. <laughs> Absolutely. So on. And I saw some for uh, results in my clients. I had one client that had huge anxiety and I walked through, I wanted her to do those pauses like twice a day during the day because I wanted to, for her to see where her mind was racing and going, right? Not a, not a wait until the end of the day to see like, oh my God, where my day go? And, and all warmed up by the end of the day. And I suggested her to put an alarm twice in the middle of the day that she could stop for one minute and check in where she was and bring her to the present moment again. And that really helped her after a while, her anxiety really lowered. Yeah, what I hear in that too is um, it's, it gives us the opportunity to realize just one, one minute at a time that we can 
that we can be outside of the experience or not feel fully enveloped and engulfed by it, that we can, we can make a form of shift or we can make a conscious decision to be uh, with the anxiety instead of just having the anxiety running, running us uh, kind of ragged. Yeah. Yes. Totally right. Right. And I would love to know more about the program that we mentioned in your intro. What is that program that you offer? Oh, awesome. Um, that program is uh, people who come to me and spend six months with me. And we go through, start putting some routines in place uh, consistently, like uh, Diana said. Uh, I recommend people to go and get her journal, you know, and start writing consistently in their journal. <laughs> and I love cards. So yes, cards is a big thing. It's prompt us to think on something and focus, right? So I, uh, because one of the things that got me out of and starting really making a big difference was my routines. Uh, and it's called the Miracle Morning. Let's give a uh, you know, credit to the people uh, that did this, Hara Rod, he did the Miracle Morning. And that really helped me a lot and get out of my, my rut and thinking that there was no way out, right? And sometimes when we're in the, the issue, <laughs> the challenge, um, it's hard to see that there's a, a way out. And when I did those routines, it's starting to, I started to see like, wow, I can really make a change in myself. So I go with uh, the person seeing, uh, and a lot of, it's funny because uh, a lot of people come and complain about the pain. So like, oh, I know what that is. <laughs> but uh, they don't need to have pain to come to me. <laughs> but I find ways that they're avoiding to go inside. And I'm very um, spiritual, so I'm very intuitive. Um, I can see and, and hear what is behind what they're really saying, uh, even what they want or what they're going through and see what is behind that. Because there was a, something behind all of us in front of me, right? So I know how to go behind the scenes and go inside. And that's what I help people is going inside of them to find where is really the issue that we can just bring to the surface and deal with that and then transform that, transmute that, whatever is blocking them so they can be the best version of themselves. So they can go after that dream that they want. They, they can see possibilities in their life, which a lot of times they cannot see it because there's something inside of them still blocking them, that vision. They cannot even see it or don't even allow them to go in there, you know, because they cannot even see how they can do it in the situation, circumstance they're in right there. So that's more or less what I do. I go, I go deep into people's <laughs> inner being. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. And I also, you know, you had mentioned when you lived in LA that um, you got judged on, you know, your physicality in one way. And then when you moved to Hawaii, you got judged in on your physicality in another way. And I was wondering for you, what are some body image expectations or societal norms that you feel like you have kind of struggled against or transformed throughout your life? Well, definitely that um, being on the same body 
and in one place be considered fat person <laughs> and another place be considered a skinny you know fit person one nothing inside of me and my my body actually didn't change but I was perceived and judged in a different ways because of different locations where people live right in LA they're accustomed to to that type of me you see people it's outside is everything but it's in a fit way right you need to be that's why there's a lot of surgeries over there in LA you know boob jobs and and you know I don't judge any of that, but I was judged because I didn't have that, <laughs> right? So for different places that we can go and that norm on that society, they're going to judge based on that. And that, that's how I, I experience LA. That's how I experience in Hawaii. But until I really body myself and I accepted myself for who I was, that society, judgment talks or comments that meant nothing to me anymore and that did not affect me anymore and then it's interesting because then I stopped hearing that <laughs> I stopped hearing people coming to me and say that I was fit here in Hawaii <laughs> because now I had the body and accepted my body fully and accepted myself for who I was that those comments completely disappear from my view completely. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared today with our listeners. I am truly touched by how you really focus on bringing the focus inside of each one of us and especially the clients that you work with. Do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners today? It's easy to say, love yourself. <laughs> It's more difficult to, to do it sometimes. So my, my thoughts is just go inside and there's hope. It's scary sometimes to go inwards. It's scary to sit with yourself and the situation that you're in. But the answer is going inwards. And there's hope because if, because if I did it, living with this chronic pain, depression, and everything for 25 years. And I came out of it. And today, I mean, embody this and I'm a life coach, which I never thought I could be. Anybody can do it. You just need to have hope. Do not lose hope. Then what is inside of you, it can be different than what is outside of you and it can be separately than your circumstances there you're in right now. You're not the circumstances. You're not this outer shell. The jewel, it's inside. There's a diamond inside. And just look for the diamond. The diamond is there. And Patty, if people would like to reach out to you after... You know, to hear more about you, connect with you on social media. Can you share where to go and your website as well? Sure. You can go www.pattyhoyt, which is P-A-T-I, one C, uh, I, Hoyt, H-O-Y-T dot com. That's my website. And you can send a message there. Or you can go in my Instagram, which is Coach 
Patty, P-A-T-I, Hoyt, H-O-Y-T. And you can send me a direct message. Lovely. I'll, I'll drop your links into the chat as well in Facebook so everyone can have access to that. Um, they can get that early access to connect with you. And yeah, I, I really love what you had to say about going inside, um, facing the fear of doing that, and also how you truly honor that it's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's a courageous step, but, you know, as you said, it's, um, it's truly transformational. Yeah. Yeah. Marianne says she loves the diamond inside. Shirley says, thank you. Great to be a part of this. So thank you so much, Patty, for sharing your wisdom, for sharing your love. Um, you are truly thank appreciated. You. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having this channel of people talking about this body positivity. It's super important. So I really appreciate both of you for doing this. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Patty. And Diana, we have another amazing guest coming on next week. Are you excited? Yeah, to we do. Announce yes. who it is. We have another mindset and manif manifestation coach. Her name is Amanda Suga. I am really looking forward to hearing about Amanda and her body positivity journey. I think it's going to be really awesome. Absolutely. Another big thank you to Patty today and a big thank you to my amazing co-host, Diana. And we will all see you back next week on the Body Positivity Podcast. Bye.